Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I have the fabulous Alex Morris in with me today. Hey, hey Alex. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Alex is co-hosting with me today. Woo! Yeah. Thanks I'm, for having me, Mel. I'm so excited. I love having a co-host, especially when it's you. <laughs> Thank you. I love being a, a co-host. I've never done this before. <laughs> well, and the cool thing is, is that if you listen to Hey Soul Sister regularly, you would have mm. heard um, an episode that Alex and I did. With yeah. Emily Ford, all about fertility. Yes. yes. And yes. hormones, mm. girly stuff. Uh, birth control, diaphragms, yeah. <laughs> apps. And that's actually, it was that podcast, I think that, and uh, my friendship with Kristen, those two things led me to thinking that would be great to bring Kristen Tola, my friend Kristen Tola, onto the show. Yeah. So, yeah. Because in that episode, we when we were talking all things girly and sexual health mm-hmm. and, and what have you, we kind of referred to endometriosis a few times, but we didn't really go there. No. Well, I don't know a huge amount about it actually. Hmm. And I, I feel like we should now introduce Kristen Tola dressed in this glorious yellow color for the, <laughs> because yellow is the color of endometriosis awareness, right? Yes. Uh, March is endometriosis awareness month. And that's an annual uh, program that's uh, run by endometriosis Australia, which is a not-for-profit organization. Yes. So I'm wearing yellow mm. every uh. day of the month. It's hard work. But <laughs> it's kind of fun because it's a really great way for me to start that conversation and my um my reason for wearing the yellow and participating in March into Endo is about having those conversations, starting them, continuing them. So I'm very grateful to be here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, because you're a, a long-term person living or suffering from endometriosis. Both. Both. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good way of putting it, Mel. Yes. I'm probably just on 30 years since I was diagnosed as a 19 year old young lady and um, you only look 30 FYI I've been (laughs) living with endometriosis for my whole life my whole adult uh, and menstruating life yeah so you're an endo warrior I guess I am yes I do the best that I can with what I have and yeah it's a a disease that's very challenging and it can be all-consuming and I'll be the first to say that pretty much every woman out there and I might add that it's one in nine Australian women who have been diagnosed with endometriosis that's not to say the women who are suffering and don't even know that they have that disease as yet so uh, Mm. yeah it's an opportunity for me to uh, raise that awareness and support those women out there yeah and so how did you two get talking about endometriosis well as long as I've known Kristen she um, has uh, well, I was, we we're just talking on the way over here. I reckon it was at least three years ago that we started talking about it. And I have, I don't have endometriosis, but I am very interested in hormones and how they affect you. And as we talked on the last podcast, when I went off birth control when I was 21, I experienced things with my body that really surprised me. So I think that's how Kristen and I yeah. kind of felt that connection, even though I'm lucky enough not to deal with a lot of, but I have, I I do think it's interesting because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because women's uh, health issues, we all experience different journeys and it's not just endometriosis. It's, I listened to your podcast about fertility and it really got me thinking about what that's all about and how quite often, and particularly in the workplace, Alex and I work together, so particularly in the workplace, how at different times women face really challenging conversations or the inability 
ability to have those conversations about their health yeah. and their fertility. And do you know what you said a minute ago? It's like one in nine Australian women suffer from endometriosis. Now, I never have. Mm. I don't know if my mum had endometriosis, but she certainly had fibroids and had a hysterectomy at 29. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'd had four children by then, and um, so her reproduction was finished. And um, But I remember mm. she was in hospital for six weeks yeah. after having her hysterectomy. So my poor dad was at home with us four kids, <laughs> working and looking after all of us. Um, and, and I think hysterectomies are quite different now. They don't yeah. have such big recovery times. But I would say, you know, so even though I've not had it, I believe my family's been touched by it. But the number of women who have come out and said, I've, I have, I suffer from endometriosis or I've lived with it. It's amazing. I, yeah. I had no idea. And mm-hmm. I think that we sparked something with that episode we did. Yeah. Well, and Alex. I think just from talking to Kristen, I've just realized how, how important it is to talk about because it's kind of, I think it kind of reminds me of depression in that you can't see it, but it can be a huge, a, a huge impact on a person's life. Oh my God. That's like the perfect analogy. And that's <laughs> very commonly said about mm-hmm. endometriosis. You may not be able to see it. I might not look sick but I am yeah and maybe now would be before we get too much Mm. into it if you could just completely describe it it. yeah 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 endometriosis is a uh, disease it's incurable at this present time it's common that it can take seven to ten years for women of all ages to be diagnosed oh my gosh they can go through um, various symptoms some quite severe for that long before they actually find out what it is that's wrong with them so what happens with endometriosis is the cells from inside your uterus uh, they grow outside and they can grow onto other internal parts of the body. The, the, the cells have been found all over the body. And, and of course, that means that when a woman goes through her cycle, those cells outside of her uterus actually perform and function the same way as the cells inside. And that's how the pain and the cysts and those types of things can develop in the body. And it's quite often on the ovaries or the fallopian tubes, but it can be other organs and other parts of the body. I remember years ago, I can't remember who it was exactly but I remember a friend telling me that it was all wrapped around her bowel that's very common also and she would have excruciating pain and had operations to try and get it off her bowel because it was like crippling and women often have more than one operation Um, so the treatment can be several um, surgeries over their lifetime depending on you know their symptoms and the types of doctors and the interventions that they're having and the success that they have with those Um, and as I said I've lived with it 30 years so I was 19 years old get an idea of how old I am now I have two children but um, you know my journey was a very challenging one and I think I'm the first to say to the people when I have those conversations about endometriosis and my friends and associates I'm the first to say every woman with endometriosis every person with endometriosis has a different story to tell it's a different journey for each of us it's a very individual journey so what were your signs and symptoms Mm. that made you think there was something wrong so when I was I I think I started quite young um, on my cycle my moon cycle and um, I experienced quite debilitating pain thought it was just period pain but it became debilitating and I in my young, my late teens, my young years, I just felt like there was something not right and I got a fire in my belly and decided that I was just going to keep going to different people and asking the same question until I got an answer. So was it pain all the time or just during your periods? For me, it was just during my period. There are women who experience pain every day of their lives mm-hmm. and it's not nice. Yeah. And so other signs and symptoms are like 
extremely heavy bleeding? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it can be bleeding. Um, I think that people have different issues with their bowels and their bladder also because everything, the organs are so closely associated. And obviously there's a higher rate of infertility for women with endometriosis. And so, you know, that's where fertility comes into it is Mm. that's that question that sits in the back of your mind once you have that diagnosis. And for me, the question was always, will I ever be able to have children when I get to an age that I choose to do that. So it's a huge, huge thing to have in your head when mm. you're a young lady. So you were in some ways lucky to figure it out so early. I was really fortunate, yeah. But then it's like once you know it so early, then how do you you stop the existential dread if you want to have kids, (laughs) like, from knowing... Like, it's good. I think if the earlier you can know, the better. Yeah. And that's but, where I yeah. think, you know, um, the reason why I'm doing March Into Yellow is because Endometriosis Australia, which is actually an organisation that didn't start till for me until 2013. So it's pretty late in the piece for me in my life. It was difficult to get doctors with enough knowledge to support me. I tended to fall into alternative therapies because that was a preference for me. So what sort of therapies helped you? <laughs> I have a list. Mm. <laughs> I love alternate therapies. Yeah, I'm seriously. I'm always about the alternate. Some of the alternative therapies and medicines that I've tried are herbal medicines, massage, acupressure, acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine. Didn't love that, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Even just heat, regular things, painkillers. I had surgery, lots of different medicines like medications and that sort of thing. You know, I've had some really interesting experiences. I've experienced menopause. So one of the medications I had actually, what I say is it induced a state of menopause. My body knows what it's like to go through menopause it's quite funny actually when I talk to older women who are going through yeah. hot flushes and things I'll be like I know what that's like and they'll say no there's no way you could ever know there's lots of different ways that you can manage that journey let's get soulful on social media search the sister code facebook page and follow us on instagram do you mind me asking whereabouts is your endometriosis mm. in your body mine's on my left ovary so, okay, so it's like the inside of your the lining of your uterus is growing around your ovary. Yeah, that's right. So I was really lucky, I think. My children, my beautiful daughters, two daughters I have, were my miracles, and I've said that from the outset. The fact that I was actually able to carry them all the way through a pregnancy and have them both naturally was just incredible I think but you know there's women out there that you know don't even know if they're actually going to be able to go down that path would it be so if it's your you said it's your right ovary yeah so would it be then your right ovary this is probably more of a scientific question but I'm wondering like would you probably your your left ovary would be the ones that the girls came from the, the, the eggs came yeah, yeah, out yeah. of like, no, yeah, I wonder. pretty much reckon yeah because <laughs> I don't think that right one works so well, well. That's what it, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but then the chances mm-hmm. you know obviously that's the higher rate of infertility mm-hmm. so because the chances of me actually falling in and going through a whole pregnancy so I have had a miscarriage I miscarried mm-hmm. before I had my first child mm-hmm. um, fortunately it was only the six weeks so yeah. you know it wasn't tra- too traumatic for me but I can't imagine what it's like for women going through that journey 30 years for me there's a lot of young women out there who are just starting to have that conversation in their life and um, you know and I think it's really important that we talk about it and that we can talk about it with people who don't have it mm-hmm. and who don't experience that pain and that that we can support one another through those those things and fertility in general I think because too. there would be many a woman who probably hasn't and doesn't even realize 
That's quite possible too. I've, I've had many conversations with women where I've actually suggested that they might want to go and have a different conversation with their doctor or specialist because mm-hmm. you do become quite accustomed to what it's like and the symptoms and it's and not also uncommon. And also because we've just been told, oh, you know, suck it up and deal with it. Your period is painful. Mm. You know, pain is an interesting thing. Everyone experiences it differently. You know, you were very proactive, Kristen, but if someone's experiencing debilitating pain and that's what they've always known, they might just be like, oh, my period sucks. <laughs> you know, like, and, and actually. Yeah, but our proactive yeah. in the last few years, and that's only three mm, years out of 30 yeah, so yeah. you know it, it's a it's a really confronting journey to mm-hmm, have and I mm-hmm. and I can't you know I can't sugarcoat that that's not a nice thing to talk about it yeah. really it's really hard and it really takes your whole self to work out what to do with that and mm-hmm. where to put it in a box or otherwise you know mm-hmm. but you know it is true that people just see it all differently and you've just got to have those conversations. I was wondering um, one thing about uh, hormonal birth control is that it makes your period more regular well it's not really your period actually it's just the blood but a lot of people one of the reasons to consider um, maybe going for a stint without hormonal birth control is you can actually learn if you're how because your periods are irregular right isn't that another symptom of endometriosis it can be yeah Yeah, it can be I had a really really regular cycle Mm -hmm. and I also used to go to an amazing naturopath who made me go off the pill which I had started on as a young woman Mm -hmm. um, for the pain Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. and um, she made me chart my cycle I loved that you girls were talking about using apps smartphones didn't exist when I was a teen and and into my very early 20s so it was a piece of paper and it was a thermometer and you got up every morning and before you moved you stuck it in your mouth you took your temperature and you charted your cycle and that's how I knew how regular my cycle was Um, so for me it actually didn't affect that but yeah I love that there's apps that's Mm. absolutely brilliant Mm. you know do you know what I get quite painful periods and I have and sometimes they will absolutely me emotionally you know physically with the pain I get like the depression everything sometimes and then sometimes I'm like it's all totally fine that was the easiest period ever and I when I started using an app I actually figured out that my cycle is anywhere from generally from 21 days to 28 days so if it's a 21 day cycle it's all lovely and light and happy days and I don't get the big drop in you know mood Mm. but if I have like a longer cycle Mm -hmm. that month I'm like boom smashed Mm -hmm. yeah and Mm -hmm. could go to bed for three days yeah I don't Yeah. I don't, he has time for that. But, <laughs> but, your, but hom- your hormones play a really big part in yeah. that. And mm-hmm. obviously for you, those shorter days, the hormones are behaving differently. And so that's affecting what's going on inside your body. Love the app. I do too. I do. One of the things that I found interesting kind of when, I, when you're talking about that time of the month and being able to talk about it, also being able to talk about it with men, I think it makes a lot of men uncomfortable. They don't understand it. But when you are in a work environment and you are affected by these things, you need to be able to talk about it the same way you could say, like, and no one has a problem saying, oh, I've got gastro. Yes. No one has a problem saying I've got a head cold. So, you know, I, I think that's a fair question to say maybe sometimes the pain is so bad or even your mental health because of the emotional side of things. Endometriosis or not. Yes. Um, to, and, and I know you've had some hard experiences with not now, luckily, with our current mm, colleagues, mm. but in the past. I have. Mm. Yeah. I am blessed to have a husband who is 100% the best husband to support me through. <laughs> my women's life he grew up with women and he always says well I know more about women than I do myself because he <laughs> did grow up with two sisters and his mother and um, 
you know, I'm very blessed to have him in support. And I think it is really important to acknowledge the men in our lives and particularly uh, people with endometriosis and, and the related diseases because there is no cure. So how we live with these diseases is really important. We're living with people as well and they experience that just like we do. Mm. It's, it's a hard thing. And with work colleagues, yeah, I've had some pretty awful work experiences where the common and every woman I know with endometriosis has a story about this it's quite funny when you when you start to relay it but my best one I think was when I was 19 and going for my laparoscopy surgery to find out if I had endometriosis and my boss said to me who was a woman take some aspirin it thins your blood (laughs) and that was a long time ago though I'm hopeful that women are a little bit more supportive of one another in their workplace and elsewhere (laughs) these days How else has um, the endometriosis impacted your life kind of generally around just, you know, like the mm. managing the pain, but around, you know, life? Yeah, I think for me um, it's been really profound since I had daughters and they've come of age um, and thinking about what will their experience be and how can I make their journey – I'm going to get a bit emotional here – but how can I make their journey much easier than mine was because there weren't people writing books about endo uh, when I was a teenager. No one knew anything about it. There was one book with half a page written about it and that was the only time I ever saw anything written for 20-odd years. And now there's amazing women out there who are young and experiencing it and have a voice. So I think um, – you know, for me, the hardest thing was not speaking up about myself for a very, very long time. But I've changed that. And I think because it's so important to support other women. And like you, Mel, a lot of my friends, since I've become more vocal on my socials, is uh, is I find a lot of people that I'm associated with will come to me privately and talk to me about what their concerns are. And I hope that I'm able to support some of them a little bit further through their own journey. So, so were your periods heavier than normal? Uh, or was it more pain that you experienced? Mine was more pain. I have always had quite long and probably heavy periods compared to other women. And, of course, going through uh, pregnancies and having children, the, the journey's pretty up and down. I, uh, In the years after I had my children, yeah, they were so heavy that it was really difficult, Yeah, really mm-hmm. awful. And I know that, again, I hear stories of other women who go through those difficult challenges of trying to live a normal life when your body doesn't want you to go anywhere but bed yeah and so of course it's going to impact your sex life possibly absolutely possibly Mm. and you can experience pain um as one of the symptoms also um during intercourse that's uh just another one of those wonderful long things that you can (laughs) attribute to to endometriosis because you can't really prevent it. There's not, and you can't no. cure it. So no. it's, you can I, treat it, and yeah. you live with it. We live with it, and that's why we're endo warriors, really, yeah. because it's a it's a a life of stealing yourself through that process. So yeah. how do you live with it? With a smile on your face, <laughs> but and, like painkillers. Like how do you get through? Yeah, yeah, painkillers yeah. for me. Um, it was a lot of painkillers. Uh, and I, you mentioned before medications that you had tried. So mm, there are different mm, medications. There are. You, yeah. But what they do is they suppress. You know, the pill suppresses hormones, natural hormones. Um, I've had medications that suppress estrogen. It. Um, from what I've learned is that it does tend to thrive on estrogen. So you need to drop your estrogen levels to 
to um, wow. to benefit from less pain. So all that has an impact on your body because we're so ruled yeah. by our hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to live with it is to take care and love yourself, you know, and, and give yourself a break. You know, yes, we're warriors, but we're not invincible. Yeah. And there are times where you just have to stop and take care of yourself <coughs> and put the whole world at, at bay until you feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I did a little bit of reading, okay, before I came into this podcast episode. <laughs> so go you. <laughs> so endometriosis can be genetically passed on. Yeah. Yes. Is there a history of it in your family? Yeah, I think both my mother and my sister have had some level yeah. of symptoms, but yeah. neither of them have had a di- like an official medical diagnosis like I have. Yeah, and so as you were saying before, there's a chance your girls may have it. Yeah, quite possibly, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if my eldest daughter does already, and she's uh, about to turn sixteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a very real thing to experience. Uh, but I think it also compels me to have those conversations about uh, women, women's bodies, women's cycles, women's health, women's fertility, and women supporting women. And then all the network that we create around us of love and kindness that comes from our partners and our families and our friends and our colleagues. Yeah. Are there any support groups for people experiencing or living with endometriosis? I I really don't know. And there's a very specific reason why when I was 19, that was the only thing on offer. And I found that it was quite traumatic to listen to people talk about all their problems. Yeah, oh, I found right. it really hard actually because okay. I was okay. very young and I was still coming to terms with what was happening to me- myself and oh. I found that the way the support groups operated was everyone just spilled out what was going on and I found that incredibly here difficult. Here you are at 19 and it's got to be a little bit was, daunting when it, you're and hearing. Isolating. Yeah. And isolating yeah. and then yeah. the support comes when you have the conversations with other women mm-hmm. and find that there are a lot of people Again, if you know nine women, then you know endo. So I found women when I was in my 20s who were younger than me with endo and that's where the support comes from. It comes from a common knowledge and understanding of what you're going through, like anything in life. Mm -hmm. You know, we're drawn to the the people who understand and make it easy for us to just be ourselves. Uh, So, yes, I'm sure there are a lot of support groups out there. There are some wonderful women. uh, I've been um, looking through Instagram recently with uh, March Into Yellow and, um, and there are some amazing women there who, who come at it from a wonderful, positive, sunshine kind of attitude and, and I've, I've started following a few of them and I think that that's wonderful because it gives people that opportunity to, to talk. Yeah. So I was just reading on a fact sheet that, I mean, it talks here about managing the endometriosis. You can take the contraceptive pill, take anti-inflammatories, use heat, like all those things that you have talked about. Mm. But it says... You can have surgery to remove patches of the endometriosis and then at worst, hysterectomy, removal of the ovaries in the tubes as well. And I'm like, that's extreme. Unfortunately, though, that even doesn't always get rid of it. It just seems, that seems bizarre because you would think, and I, I obviously I'm no medical expert, <laughs> but you know, you kind of, I imagine that uterine, the lining would come out yeah. somehow and... 
There's some amazing, and if it's not there, but there's some amazing ways to treat it. Uh, Most recently, about two years ago, I had um, a surgical procedure that was non-hormone related, and it didn't involve a hysterectomy. Many, many years ago, and for whatever reason, I don't know, I was told that I was too young to have a hysterectomy, and it wasn't the thing that was done at the time. And I think for me, I may have come a little bit before. The you know I was a bit before everything, and I feel like maybe now women having the same conversations I had at the age of forty will probably get a very different answer. I was really lucky a couple of years ago. Uh, one of my best friends uh, had also had a similar treatment for similar symptoms, and um, and I found it. I've had two years of success, but that's actually mean meant that I don't menstruate right now yeah is there is it a does it have a name or oh yeah it was an endometrial ablation yeah so okay uh and and it's funny when I first heard it I'd never heard of it but I've heard it many times over since um yeah it's basically your whole uterus is burned from the inside and it can have a lot of issues um I know people can have complications like any surgeries but fingers crossed my surgery was successful and I've had two years pain-free and it is an absolute uh amazing experience and yet it's almost like I feel like I'm still holding my breath because mm-hmm. I've lived with something my whole life and now it's not there, the pain's not there. I'm suddenly finding myself thinking, okay, well, when's it coming back? I've always had this. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself? Wow, that's such a big question, Mel. <laughs> but we're always learning and growing and it's all those experiences that we have. Yeah, yeah. You know, along the way, there would have been some realisations that you've had about yourself. I definitely feel like I'm very resilient And I know it's a bit of a buzzword in the sense that it can be used in a lot of different ways, but I'm stoic and I'm resilient because I've just had to persevere through this and live the best life that I can. Uh, So I guess I've learned to love myself. It's hard to love yourself when you think you're so broken. Uh, And I've also loved that uh, I've also learned that I can do anything anything I set my mind to and my body let me have two beautiful children and that is just the biggest miracle in the world I'm so so happy that I was able to do that and I'm really proud of myself for being able to persevere through that (laughs) I think that's lovely I think that's great and I hope that you can inspire other people to kind of think of it in that way (laughs) thank you Thank you so much, both of you. It's a really challenging conversation to have. It feels really serious to me, but I think it's about women's empowerment and it's about being able to be honest about who we are. I'm a pretty honest person anyway. Anyone who knows me will know that I say what I think and I mean what I say. But um, it's always a hard conversation to have because it's so real and it's so every day and there are so many amazing women out there doing amazing things like we do but who experience everyday pain and symptoms mm. of something like endo and you know i just my heart goes out to them every day and if i can raise a little bit of awareness and someone that didn't know something about endo now knows something about it well then i know i've done my job in my life is to just bring it to the fore and and have the conversations that are just so important and support the the amazing work that's being done in in the country right now there was never research into endo and now there's the most amazing research being done there's all kinds of you know pilot research through many universities in our country and i think every day they're coming up just a step closer to supporting women to find a cure i um i was also wondering about menopause and 
if um, once you go through menopause, does it go away? No. No. Oh. No, unfortunately, even right. yeah. even menopause. Uh, and I recently had a conversation with a, a friend. Um, and yeah, it's it's common that even menopause and pregnancies don't either. There was a common fallacy years ago where you you would be told if you have a pregnancy, you'll cure your endometriosis, and that's not true. Right. It's just it's just not true. We don't know enough about right. it, and we right. need to we need to you know really support research so mm-hmm. that they can start to find out what it is mm-hmm. that causes this. There's a lot of different theories, you know, and I couldn't you know much. I'm not a medical expert either. Mm-hmm. I only have my own experience. Experience and mm. and that that I've observed and had conversations with my friends about, but yeah, it's pretty full on. Well, I would say hats off to you because one of the things I love is that when women going through adversity, challenging times in life, and have the the courage to come out and talk about that to educate and empower other women, I think that's freaking awesome. Really? So hats off to you, Kristen. Yeah. You know, for being a shining light mm-hmm. in your yellow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty bright. <laughs> Well, I just go, you're amazing. Good on you. Yes. Yeah. And Alex, yeah. beautiful co-host. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank so you. glad because this was Alex's, you know, idea um, for following on from that previous mm. episode we did. Yeah. Um, Alex is like, look, I think this is something we need to explore. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And we snuck it in in March. So, yeah. and, and, and you and know what? The idea is you, it keep, you keep the conversation going yeah. through April and May and the rest of yeah. the year. So. And hopefully you've learned something today. Yes. I absolutely oh, have. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And I've and done I my about it quite a bit but there's still a lot I don't know so yeah yes so if people want to find out more or want to get in touch with you how can they do that I guess I'm on social media Facebook Instagram just me Kristen Toller yeah just me yeah yeah (laughs) and the fabulous uh Alex Morris journalist extraordinaire (laughs) creator of the open heart space heart open heart Heart open open. space could you tell us about that oh okay yes I will um it is a female-focused open mic that has kind of evolved and changed, especially during the pandemic when we haven't um, had the ability to gather in the same way. We actually had the producer of this podcast, Mel Sarge, come in and give a comedy workshop a while back, which was fantastic. And um, we are always in flux, so um, I think events are changing. So keep an eye on, look for her art open, heart open either way. Um, on Instagram and Facebook to find out the new events that are happening. I think um, I want to come. Yeah, well, I think we should have one. We should have another cool one coming up soon. I'm, I'm in meetings about it. I can't. I won't say too much, but if you check us out on Instagram and Facebook, that's where you can find out the latest. So amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> open heart space. Heart, heart open. open. Space. Heart open. Just heart open. Heart open. <laughs> Do you think open heart surgery? <laughs> Do you know what it's funny? It's like with Got Your Back Sister, like the charity that I run. A number of people go, oh, and this is Melissa Houston from Get Your Sister Back. <laughs> Get your sister back. Sisters empowering sisters, right? Uh, and you can find Alex on Instagram at Alex Morris Wright. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, fabulous soul sisters. Mel. I thank love you, it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yay. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.